Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at managing editor at FightfulWrestling.com. We got tons of stuff over at FightfulWrestling.com that we will tell you about in due time. But it is Monday, August 26th. It is AEW All Out Week. We will be in Chicago getting some content, doing some stuff. I'll be there at the event, hopefully getting some scrum stuff up in as timely a fashion as I possibly can. We're here to talk about Monday Night Raw, and we're talking about it with Alex Palowski. Alex, how you doing? Well, I found out uh, this weekend that uh, Seth Rollins has blocked me on Twitter. I've I don't follow him. I've never interacted with him. Never sent him a tweet. So he's been vanity searching or something. But I don't even like really tweet about him. Like you know me, Sean. My beef isn't with Seth Rollins of all people. So maybe he listens to the podcast and like I know he's a company man. Like he loves WWE. Yeah. And I, you know, don't. So maybe that's our beef. But Seth, buddy, I like you. I like your work. <laughs> Come back to the fold. It's okay. Yeah, I I mean, I've often told you off the air what wrestlers and personalities yeah. that I know watch the show and that have reached out about it, but uh, he's not one of them that I've heard from. He doesn't have me blocked. That's very, very interesting, Alex. I, yeah. Wow, Alex. Well, guys, if you all want to go off on Alex, donate a Super Chat. Any amount, get your question read, your statement read on the air. Or how about this? You can subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. This week, I'm doing the Fightful Select Q&A show. I am very much considering making that a weekly show in the absence, perhaps, of uh, Warren Hayes' show, as it looks like we'll be doing uh, some sort of Wednesday show moving forward with AEW versus NXT. But, uh, yeah, donate to Super Chat. I can't tell you how much that helps us, guys. What helps us out even more, leave a thumbs up on this video. If you're watching on YouTube, just go ahead and leave that thumbs up. It lets YouTube know that you like what you see. Also, leave a comment. Your favorite segment on Raw, any input, what you liked about our show, anything like that helps the old algorithm. It'll help our interviews go from like 1,000 views to 10, 15,000 and help our site grow, helps us get more of those things. 
helps us uh, just do a lot of different things. So uh, your participation is paramount to our growth. So uh, throw us some likes and some clickety clacks, why don't you? Let's talk about Monday Night Raw. <clears throat> Sasha Banksa comes out to reveal why she attacked Natalia. Says that she was at home minding her own business. Says that she heard all the reports about her crying and that it was true. Heard all the, the other things that supposedly were true about her being unhappy and all this. But she was just at home minding her own business. But she wanted to pick her spot and come back when she knew it would maximize her potential. She completely buried the women's tag division. Said that that title didn't mean anything to her. I did not like this promo. And that probably won't sit well with a lot of the Sasha Banks stands that that I'm in with. But I didn't like this. I didn't like the delivery. I didn't like... The I didn't like the content of the promo. It just was not for me. When you compare this to like you compare this six seven minute promo to the three minute match that she had later, I think that three minute match did way more for her than this promo did. I, I think this was very counterproductive. It minimized the women's tag team division that would already be minimized a little bit later on when Nikki Cross took a loss. I did not like this. This was not strong. It did not seem like it was from the heart. Uh, what did you think, Alex? Well, to be fair, uh, they minimized the tag division themselves months ago when they put the belts on the Iconics and then decided not to have them ever defend the titles at a pay-per-view. So I understand, oh, the heel is saying heelish stuff, but maybe you don't have your performers draw attention to the fact that you, as a company introduce these title belts only to never use them. Um, yeah, I I thought the promo wasn't great, and you're right, the match later was much better. Um, and to compare it to the person that she's feuding with, Becky Lynch, who last week had, I mean, it was a, it was a pre-tape, but they didn't do a retake of it because she stumbled over her words a couple of places, but that only made it feel, feel more real. Like, the stuff that Becky Lynch did last week was just really great. It was, I felt like it was from the heart. Like, it wasn't, like, super over-rehearsed or, 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 you know, written for her. It was great. And um, this was a little bit more, you know... Manufactured. Stilted, stilted manufactured. Um, during uh, Sasha's absence, she infamously was posting stuff to Instagram with all these weird, like... Like very nebulous sayings and and song lyrics and stuff. Uh, and tonight, uh, Becky Lynch responded to this promo that Sasha Banks uh, did tonight with a tweet. And the tweet says, well, it's a pity you can't promo in emo memes and song lyrics too, huh? So so Becky's getting fuel for the fire from from what the well, you know Sasha's doing tonight. So okay, fine. Like, I, I, I'm happy Sasha's back, but, and I really loved her super heel character in NXT, but that was NXT where they kind of allow you to, like, go out there, see what works, make mistakes, learn from it, move on, do stuff, as opposed to, here's the thing you're going to say, you say it this way. And that never works, no matter how good you are doing the rest of it. Yeah, I mean, you can only do the, 
well, I beat you up and I deserve this because I'm Sasha Banks and I'm the boss thing for so right. long. And right. that that wasn't it. This just was not a good promo. Yeah, I also, you know, thought it was funny where she was like, I was just sitting back, biding my time. And of course, out comes Natalia. So I had to get, wait a minute, did you, did you teleport to the arena last week? And you were like, I was just sitting on my couch waiting for the perfect moment. And then out comes the, wait, wait, wait. Like, how did Her, she know how, Natalia was going to cut that promo? I like that. That's, that was some kind of, uh, you know, maybe if Natalia called her and said, hey, I'm going to cut this promo about my dad. You know, because apparently they're really good friends until the, the big turn. I would love if they, I'd love if Natalia said that. I would yeah, love if great. Natalia said, I told her how special that night was going to be to me. I was hoping to go there and celebrate my title win and, and honor right. my dad. And instead it was somber and Sasha took advantage of that. That would go a long way. Right. This felt very much like it was not from Sasha's heart, and not right. everything can be. But in this situation, this particular situation where Sasha was the talk of the wrestling business in absence, yeah, I think that it was important to to make it. And if it was, it wasn't delivered well. But we can go ahead and talk about what happened after that. Natalia comes out and attacks her in human being clothes, which I appreciate normalize these people uh this was really good natalia is integral to this return of sasha banks uh natalia has served just amazingly as the glue over the past month and a half somebody who didn't necessarily matter in the grand scheme of things a couple months ago when it was lacey evans in in that spot and she has helped transition from becky lynch to Sasha Banks, to getting Sasha Banks to Becky Lynch. And she's done it really well, and she's done it with emotion, and she's done it with conviction. And that takes us right into our match later on. I don't think they could have done more in a four-minute match than what they did. I thought that was awesome. Uh, Natalia came out with a lot of fire, uh, got Sasha into the barricade hard, and then Sasha got really aggressive. I loved the office chair spot. Yep. God, I love WWE has become expert at utilizing that office chair. Yeah, I love it. I think that they just not, they hit a it couldn't have been different. I, I wouldn't call it a strikeout with the promo, but a, a solid ground ball to third base, uh, <laughs> throwing out a runner jogging to first. Meanwhile, I thought for a four minute match, this was a home run. I thought they did really great, Alex. Yeah, I like this a lot. Of course, there was the uh, the spot early on, and I was like, Jesus, yeah, like with with, with Sasha's, you know, um, uh, reputation for being oft injured. Natalia just chucked her directly up into the air, and she landed directly on her brain pan, coming down out of that German suplex. That was nuts. Uh, looked great. Uh, I'm glad everybody's safe. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was a really cool spot. Um, everything else, yeah, the office chair spot was great too. As you said, this was as good as a four-minute match between those two could be. I love Natalia fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and finally giving up in the bank statement. I, I liked uh, uh, Sasha putting her right back in it, too. Yeah. That's the old Sasha, the one we loved Ooh, in her feud with Bailey. Yeah, wrapping loved- Natalia's injured arm around her face. Yeah, yes. That, it, made, it made Natalia sympathetic. It made her look—I I don't want to say strong because she lost the match in four minutes— but yeah. she fought someone with an injury after a very emotional situation and 
just all this that went on at the same time, it was, I thought it was outstanding, Alex. And Sasha Banks going right back and putting it on, it made her look brutal and ruthless and just heartless, even more heartless than she seemed a couple weeks ago, interrupting that heartfelt promo. I, like, it was night and day, I thought, what the match could do and what the promo could do. And I don't want to say that's necessarily the story of Sasha Banks' career because I think she's one of she's one of my favorite performers to watch, period, in the ring. Just, I love it. I, I think that she's, like, th- there aren't a lot of people that I prefer to watch in that ring than Sasha Banks against a really good opponent as well. But man, this one just really hammered home on all points, I thought. Yeah, I, I, I was a big fan of this. And I, I, I like that you don't need to have uh, Becky like part as part of the show yeah. to, to get over this feud as long as you have um, a really strong match you know, for the challenger and, and show her continuing that brutality that, is, that has secured her this title shot. Yeah, so I, I thought some good and bad with Sasha Banks. But yeah. Rob Wilkins sent a super chat saying, AJ reminded me of Eddie Guerrero with the fake chair. Not really comedic. I'm ready for the Drew McIntyre face run. How about you guys? So uh, <clears throat> I guess we can go ahead and talk about that. I can uh, fast forward a little bit, so to speak. By the way, guys, I have an interview up with Drew McIntyre, I think, this week. Uh, it, it'll probably air on Listen Your Boy. It'll air early for Fightful Select subscribers. So subscribe to Fightful Select if you haven't. I've got the Q&A show this week. We've got Stephen Jensen's Weekender, which is non-WWE stuff. We, for right now, have Mr. Warren Hayes' midweek reviews at 205 Live NXT in UK. And then I have the Backstage Report podcast, where I give you backstage news, contract info, injury updates, uh, stats, things like that. FightfulSelect.com is the most direct way to support us. So give it a look. Uh, We've got some big changes coming. I'm hoping by the end of the year for Fightful Select that I think we'll streamline it a lot, but Show us some love, and uh, don't forget, visit those interviews, share them. Uh, the more that happens, the more uh, WWE will probably let us have those. But Ricochet defeated Drew McIntyre, King of the Ring opening round. They tore it down, and I loved it, and this crowd was garbage tonight. Now, granted, I, I see, I can't say that they didn't have anything to cheer for because they had a King of the Ring match. They had a tag team turmoil match, which we'll get to, but stakes were were involved, and a U.S. title match. So, in each hour, they had something with stakes in it, Mm -hmm. and I think that's that's a nice formula to follow. But um, before this match, the Street Profits running down the night show as these, like, invisible narrators. I'm so over this shit, Alex. Me too. I, I just am. I'm, I'm. I mean, this is the thing. You can't. It's really hard to try and sell NXT as this, you know, separate but equal type of uh, third brand that's going to be on um, the same network, you know, with in a two-hour slot. You know, it, it's starting in a couple of weeks when you have this is all you have to do. For their for their tag champions, I mean, uh, you know, I'm, I'm they've already taped certain parts of their storyline in NXT, which I won't spoil. But it's it's kind of a weird thing to have them kind of like in this weird limbo where they're not allowed to do anything on Raw except for doing these weird backstage things. We'll talk, I I assume, about the terrible second backstage thing they did 
Um, but not their fault necessarily, uh, director's fault. But uh, the first one they did that you're talking about right now was just like, okay, cool. Why are you guys here? What are you doing again? You know, like it's, it, which is not, not great because they're fantastic. Go watch any of their stuff they do in NXT. They're inspired. But up here, they're like, here's this thing. You have to say only this stuff. Try and make it good. That's not, that's not fun. Yeah, I I agree. Like, not my jam. Uh, this match was my jam, though. Drew threw Ricochet around, like, all over the place. Side slammed him on the apron and barricade. It really seems like Drew McIntyre has made an effort to vary up his offense of late. And I appreciate that. That's yeah. one of the things I like. Something new, something different. Uh, he countered a Northern Light suplex with, like, a heaving suplex of his own. You know that Ricochet's flying everywhere. That goes without saying. McIntyre catches Ricochet midair with some strikes, including the Glasgow kiss, which, I mean, looks kind of cool, but it just kind of looks like he got hit in the head, too. Yeah, it's true. But he did this great sit-down powerbomb off of a, a clothesline. Just Drew McIntyre has been rising to the occasion lately, and I, I like that. Ricochet landed a middle rope recoil on a 630 for the win. He gets Samoa Joe next week. But I'm not going to say that Drew McIntyre carried this match because he's in there with Ricochet. Yeah. But, man, this was good stuff. This is what I want out of the King of the Ring. Yes. Well, yeah, this, is, this was a match that I, that I was, think, like, was thinking to myself when I, when I saw it on the bracket. I was like, this is a first-round match? Because, I mean, think about the idea of these two guys in the quarterfinals, or even, you know, God forbid, the semifinals, where it's like, you know, this is for this is a lot more stakes than just a first round match. And both of these guys deserve to move on from here, from this point. Drew has been great. His entire main roster run. Now his character, maybe not. Uh, the fact that they're booking him to lose a bunch of matches he should win. Like he's, what's the benefit of, of being uh, Shane McMahon's henchman. If you can't get a, you know, a, a cheesy victory over Roman Reigns here and there. But the whole point of, of Drew during that feud was to lose matches to Roman Reigns and then Shane would beat Roman Reigns. Like, that was the whole point of that, which did not make uh, Drew look good. We, we talked about it many times. Um, uh, a year ago, last fall, he was positioned to be the top heel in the company and they just let him fall, fall to the wayside. Um, I think he's amazing. Uh, he definitely has the chops to do either um, what he's doing now, which is a really cool workhorse heel, or... That's what he baby, wants. That's, he or, straight up told me that's what he wants. And that's what he should be doing. But, or if they say, okay, now you're going to be more like a tweener, like 60-40 baby face, I'm totally fine with that too. The guys that he beats up, we don't like. But it's not like he's like, everybody cheer for me. I do good things. And you should all cheer for me because I am valorous. I don't need that. He just needs to be a dude to beat people up. Yeah. And and honestly, like he looked great in this match, the same way he looked great in his matches with Cedric Alexander, and he makes them look great too because he's able to base for their all their crazy high flying stuff, and he makes Ricochet look like a million bucks when Ricochet gets him up into that Northern Light suplex and all that stuff. We talk about a million bucks. We talk about crowds. Poppin', Alex. Mm -hmm. And we talk about Drew McIntyre's affiliation with Shane McMahon and business. 
Yes. And opportunity. True. Well, if you want a great business opportunity, check out the Grounds Guys, a neighborly company. The Grounds Guys is looking for new owners to join their growing company. This could be the perfect opportunity for you if you're driven, if you have the art be of an entrepreneur, if you love the outdoors, if you're currently running your own landscape business or you think that it could be right for you, text G-G-B-I-Z-O-P-P or, you know, perhaps a little bit easier to remember, G-G-Biz-Op, you know, Grounds Guys Biz-Op to 87000. That's gg Biz op to 87000 to learn more. Choosing to start your business with the grounds guys means setting yourself up by or for success by surrounding yourself with the best in the business and at business. You'll be your own boss, pick your own territory, and set your own hours with the grounds guys and live a better quality of life running a business you'll be proud of. You ever watch Office Space? You see how miserable that guy was sitting in his cubicle? What did he do? He got the hell outdoors and his life ruled. Let your life rule by joining the Grounds Guys and Neighborly. I've used Neighborly businesses in the past, and they have empowered more than 3,700 entrepreneurs to achieve their dreams and goals through local business ownership. They've got a lot of award-winning brands, almost two dozen. Uh, Mosquito Joe, Molly Mae, Glass Doctor, Mr. Rooter, and the Grounds Guys are well on their way to becoming one as well. Text GGBizOp. To 87000. I've often told you guys about uh, being able to make your own hours, being able to do what you love goes so far in happiness. I, I gotta say, the last three years have been the happiest of my life. And hey, maybe the grounds guys can do that for you. Maybe you wanna get the hell outside. I know I do sometimes. GG Bizop 87000. We thank them for sponsoring the podcast. We also thank. Tyler, who has a very unusual question, he said, remember three years ago when Sean and Russo had their podcast and Sean told Russo that TJ Perkins was going to be a big deal? Well, I guess that didn't happen. No, I don't. Ever. (laughs) Remember saying that. (laughs) I probably said he would be a good guy to win the Cruiserweight title. A big deal. I love that they're going back like three years to be like, hey, remember this thing you said about that one guy? That well, one prediction you made, I remember, did not pan out for well, you. Well, to be fun, to, to be fair, this guy I just realized is a guy I've had blocked for years for stalking my wife on Instagram. Thanks oh, for the go. money, bitch. You banned. <laughs> oh, guy used to hit up my wife and like harass her for my on it reads. And I'm like, hey, guy, you're going to have to slow your roll there. So you're gone, buddy. Thanks for the money. Anyway, more King of the Ring action after that. Baron Corbin defeated the Miz. I think we all saw this coming, Alex. No, this is the whole thing. is this. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about this with his promo after the match. The sooner we all just lay back and accept the fact that Corbin is winning this whole tournament, the less it's going to hurt when he does. That's the whole thing. Sometimes acceptance, you have to, the, the, all the stages of grief where it's denial and anger and resentment, all that stuff, skip all of those and go right to acceptance and you'll be a much happier person. This was very good. The WWE has just 
excelled at making this matter. Yep. I this is what I this is what I want for the women's tag team titles. Yes. This is what I want for all the titles, Alex. The Miz yeah. comes out and he's like, you know what? IC champion, uh, US champion, main evented WrestleMania, WWE champion, done a lot of stuff. Uh, had had a WrestleMania match with his with his wife there, teaming with him. But he wants to win King of the Ring. Uh, he took yep. over early, primarily brawling. I almost forgot what it was like to see the Miz work, especially as a babyface. Mm-hmm. I like how he switches things up. He does the old like WWE 2K15 method. I'm gonna do some top rope moves <laughs> <laughs> to work up my babyface meter. <laughs> That's what he does. By the way, guys, another cheap plug. Uh, check out my game stream from this weekend. Alex, did you see what it was? Yeah. No, I the did not. Road to Ahmed Mania. Ooh. Where I take a creator wrestler, Ahmed Johnson, <laughs> from not being booked in present day WWE to forcing him into a WrestleMania main event with John Cena. Fantastic. This, much like all of my game streams, is a complete trash fire. Thank of you course. for everyone who participated. Um,. Two worked pretty well. I thought the crowd got into this about as much as anything before the main event. Uh, I loved Miz countering that deep six with the DDT. Or not deep six, the end of days. Mm -hmm. But Corbin's deep six ruled. I loved Miz countering the boss man Lariat with the skull crushing finale. Yep. And hey, if you want to slowly recuperate Baron Corbin into a legit threat that I think he can be, Alex, Mm -hmm. having him beat... Miz clean and kick out of the skull crushing yep. finale is a yep. nice start. Yep. I love that he immediately started the match. No dress shirt, no vest. Went right to the uh to the tank top. It's a I love it's that a, his fashion no, choices are our main concern. It is. It is a it is a, a big step. It's a thing people have, have used to mock him for months and months over a year at this point, I'm pretty sure. Like and, and the idea that, like, if once you take that away and they can no longer mock him for that, maybe all that stuff goes away and they can actually start taking him seriously as, as a threat. I'm just saying that's just the way it works. Now, I also thought that as I was watching this, like, they're making him look really strong without overly pushing it, which was really cool. Like, it, all, it just felt natural. Like, he's a big dude who should be able to throw guys around. And the Miz isn't small. He's not a cruiserweight. So the fact that he can do some of the stuff that he's doing to the Miz is impressive, and you and the Miz, uh, he 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 comes out there and he runs down his list of accomplishments: former former you know WWE champion, uh, eight time Intercontinental champion, seven time tag champion, two time US title champion. He gives you all that so that when you see Baron Corbin beat him clean after kicking out of the Miz's finisher, it should be looked at at least subconsciously as more impressive. And then you have Corbin off to the races. He gives, I thought, you know, a suitable heel. You're you're going to really hate this, but I'm going to win this tournament yeah. uh, promo, which, you know, he is. And we are going to hate it. But maybe we're not going to hate it so much as long as they allow him, you know, to be something that's not this same Baron Corbin we've seen for a year. Um, but now Miz gets to go off and have his feud with, with Shinsuke Nakamura and he can, you know, reclaim the Intercontinental title. And we, uh, this is something I said last week, we actually might have a chance to root for The Miz as he's the Intercontinental champion, which would be a kind of cool change of pace, because usually we 
we know he were watching Maurice spray people in the face with hairspray, I and we have to like all of her. I would still watch it too. You're right. Baron Corbin gets the win with End of Days, the most protected finish in wrestling, maybe maybe ever, and I like that. Good, it's a hell of a move. It looks amazing. He takes the throne and thanks himself. Uh, we have a super chat from Eloquent. He said, what did you think of Kenny Omega's promo on BTE? I loved it. It shows that he has range. Yeah. Alex, what did you think? We don't get to hear you talk about a lot of stuff like that. No, I mean, it's one of those things where I, 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 uh, I, I caught it and I was like, let me see this. And I, first of all, I mean, just objectively, what's happened to Moxley sucks. Yeah. Like, that that sucks for fucks for AEW, and it sucks for Moxley. Like, he gets to go out and, and go go to Japan, and, like, some of the stuff he was doing in his, in his like, improvised promo work that he, they do after the matches over there was just outstanding. And, like, you could tell he was... You could watch this man unweighed down by burdens and how much fun... He was having doing the thing that he loves most in the world, and then this, and then the MRSA comes back. That's horrible. And you take that and you use it. Whatever's whatever's going on, don't 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 hide it. Don't fight it. Use it. And Kenny Omega absolutely used it to the best possible way to cut this promo, which I thought was really good. It showed a lot of range, and you know I'm 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 in on. Whenever they have a chance to actually have this match, it's only going to be better because of this promo and this chapter in that feud. So a few things I got to say first off, bold of Moxley to fly home with that. Yep. Um, I, I was told that he flew into Toronto to see Renee during SummerSlam weekend and that AEW told people on a need-to-know basis around last Wednesday and wasn't sure what was going to go down, but uh, sliding Pac in there. Best case scenario replacement for them. Best case scenario replacement. Uh, Danny Brown, thank you for the super chat, says, Mizzing heel Miz. He's one of the best new heels ever. Yeah, I said it. Well, I agree. I don't think that's controversial. Also, Cesaro Cedric was awesome, but the crowd sucked. Yeah, I, you could you could definitely argue that. Rob Wilkins said, anybody seen my red stapler? That <laughs> I, I appreciate that reference. I, I do. Um... Yeah, we got somebody who wasn't a super chat, but I think it's appropriate, who um, asked me to explain my match rating system. It has been a while since I've done that. Uh, I post my match ratings live on Fightful Select. I post them the day after. It's different. You can't use it to gauge based on star ratings or anything like that because I don't know how those work. That's not what I do. I started a five. That is a completely average match. It goes up or down. A match has got to be real shitty for me to even take it below five. For it to go subpar, because most of these wrestlers in WWE are pretty polished. If they're botching all over the place, there's no crowd reaction or anything, it will. Uh, Six is recommended viewing. That's what I consider a pretty good TV match or a really strong angle. Seven is great. Eight, excellent. Nine is like match of the year territory. And ten, I consider perfect. Uh, The biggest leap is usually between 5.75. That's like a run-of-the-mill okay TV match. And six, which is where I'm like, okay, you should probably watch that. If it's getting three, two, one, it might be worth watching just based on how bad it is. Because I'm pretty forgiving with some of this stuff. But all this stuff is completely subjective, so it doesn't really matter. But there's the guide for uh, those who wanted to know. Up next, Bailey defeated Nikki Cross. I love Nikki Cross 
rolling over a drop down. Now, a lot of times you'll see wrestlers just drop straight down, Alex. That's not the point of a drop down to no. make somebody jump over you. The point is to trip somebody. Yes. And uh, like I think maybe the last time I saw somebody get tripped or it work opposite was like maybe the ultimate deletion when Bray did a lazy drop down and Matt Hardy just laid on him. And I was like, okay, that works. But I also love in this match that the main reason that Nikki is upset is that Bailey disrespected Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss, who who I also talked to recently, and that interview's coming to Fightful, but got her on TV in storyline. Like the when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nikki, the only reason that she's on TV right now in story is because Alexa Bliss befriended her and started giving her her matches. And it's worked out. So I think that's some good continuity, even though it's pretty basic. That should be the bare minimum we're seeing every week, Alex. Yeah, no, I, I, I thought that was good. I liked it a lot. Um, and I, 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 You're right. The, the continuity of this, this weird Nikki Cross... An Alexa Bliss thing that that so many of us thought was going to be over in three weeks is going, you know, I don't know how many months now it's been going on. And it it just works, especially all the stuff they get to do for their backstage uh, WWE.com exclusive, find them on Twitter type of things. Um, those are all really, really great because it's just Nikki being manic and Alexa trying not to corpse. Like it's actually it's it's really fun and it's totally endearing. And if they got to show these two people who are obviously becoming really great friends in real life, if you got to see them do those interactions, all the stuff on actual TV would seem, you know, more real. Because, you know, they're, they're not really dialing down any of Alexa Bliss's, you know, entitlement and stuff like that that she does. We're like, oh, this coffee's too cold and all this kind of crap that she does. She's still doing all of that, but we kind of like her now. Like it just, we just do now. So that's okay. But it's a, it's a weird thing that they're doing with that. But I still love that Nikki is fighting for the honor of Alexa because one of the first people to tell her that Alexa was bad news was Bailey, and Nikki's never forgotten that. I think that's kind of cool. And Alexa hasn't been bad news for Nikki. She's been nothing but good news for her all the way. Bailey gets the win with a flying elbow drop. Yeah, sure. Don't know why this didn't happen on SmackDown. Because they're not going to have room for it tomorrow. Yeah. The thing is, like, they, 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 uh, honestly, I feel like they're, they're, they're putting a whole bunch of stuff on Raw that they don't have room for on SmackDown because they can now. Because, because there are no rules. Wildcard rule? Not really. Just anything goes. And so they said, we're not going to have room for this tomorrow. We know Ahead of time. We're not going to have room for this tomorrow, so we'll do it now. And they did. (sighs) Tag team turmoil. This is going to be one. This is a top contender match for Clash of Champions. The OC are not happy about having to earn another shot of the titles. That's good. That's heel stuff. 
them thinking they're above earning the rematch. Uh, B-team get a little bit of offense in the Viking Raiders and promptly get their asses whipped. Yep. Sure. I'm fine with that. I'm completely yeah. okay with that. 100%. When we're done with this, I'll tell you what should have happened. Yeah. And, yeah. The OC are next. They jump Ivar outside, prompting an Eric suicide dive, and we get a double disqualification. I kind You of... guys are fighting too much in this fighting <laughs> sport. You're all thrown out of here. Well, if they don't listen to the rules and they don't get the hell out of the ring, I'm okay with I, that. I but know. There's no consistency there, Alex. None. There's no consistency when I see refs all the time just watching, watching, yeah, watching. No- and it ain't the ref's fault. If if the ref has to, the ref's told to finish. It ain't his fault. It's whoever right. booked its fault. I do like their way of protecting both teams. But still, somehow throughout all this, even though those two teams got protected, the entire division took yep. such a hit that it didn't matter. So Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler are out next. That did not exist as a team 24 hours ago. That classic of a tag team that we've seen so many of their matches along the line, the seven-time champion Roode and Ziggler. Worked against each other 40 times within a year. And and this is the thing. They're going to have a promo later where they don't mention that at all, and it pissed me off so much. So, <laughs> Lucha House Party gets beaten in about a minute. I love the finish of that, though. Uh, Metalik gets caught with a super kick off a backhand spring. Yeah, sure. The Revival are out next. The former tag team champions against this team that just faced another team, albeit just a minute. But, um... The, the good Revival... Do- Go ahead. The Revival have a tag shot right now, currently, against the New Day for Clash of Champions. Had they won this match, they would have had a second title shot on the same night. And like, I believe why... that they would be greedy enough to do that. I do. Oh, the Revival would totally be in on it. But I feel like whoever is, is actually setting up this match would find another tag team to be in this tag team turmoil match. Like, they're half... where are the Colognes doing? To, like... to have the Revival go in there and not beat anybody yeah. was a mistake. This whole effing thing was a mistake yeah that's true that's very true i'm not gonna argue with you there to have the revival go in there and get beaten by rude and uh ziggler after rude and ziggler just had a match albeit a short one was counterproductive there was no reason the revival couldn't have beaten lucha house party Hmm? none not a goddamn reason no reason at all and they worked great i had a good brain buster on ziggler before Brood pins Wilder with the glorious DDT. Cool, man. Hawkins and Ryder are next. I'm okay with them being promptly beaten by a Ziggler super kick. Sure. Fine. Shouldn't have been in. Yeah. yeah. Heavy Machinery's out next, who have made strides. And you know mm-hmm. what? I'm okay with them getting beat by Rude and, Gay- or Rude and Ziggler, too. And, and hey, I'm okay with Rude being in a tag team. He's one of the greatest tag team wrestlers I've ever seen. He's amazing in a tag team. And I've seen a lot of people say, oh, bring back James Storm. Ain't that easy. He's under contract. Also, they tried that once. He said, nah, I'd rather go back to TNA. Yep. I'd rather go back to TNA wrestling than work for WWE. Okay, how'd that work? Not well. So Knight gets taken to the woodshed and the stairs by Rude. 
Otis gets the hot tag. He's over with the crowd, by the way. They love that guy. He is over. And I'll say this straight up. I was wrong about Otis at the very least. That, That guy, and he's getting it. Every week he gets better. So good for him. Um, I, I'm more than happy to say I was wrong about him. There was a pop-up power slam, and then Ziggler did a zigzag on Otis onto Tucker, and a glorious DDT pins Tucker. So now, at the pape, we have two teams wrestling for the tag titles that did not exist eight days ago, Alex. Please yep. rant. <sighs> okay, so... You see a tag team turmoil, and you see teams like uh, the B team. Like, oh, welcome back, guys. Good to know you're showing the roster. And Hawkins and Ryder, who got to be champs for no reason. You know, you see teams like that, and you say, okay, great. They're here to be fodder, and they can get out of the way. The Lucha House Party, never going to be taken seriously. The Revival, former champs, absolutely, in my mind, the best tag team in the world, though they're never booked like it. Um, the the Viking Raiders, who have been on a tear, they have been beating every. Do you even remember that AOP had a tag title run? <laughs> I forgot. I very, very quickly, they had this. Didn't they have a thing? Didn't what they wrestling against like Rudin Gable and somebody that pissed a, on a robe and yeah, no, the, yeah, yeah. That was Drake Maverick pissing his pants. So, in the last year, the B team have been tag champions, Hawkins and Ryder. And and you didn't need it. You didn't need it. I'm okay with Rollins and Strowman being tag champions. It, right. Two, yes, two singles wrestlers that are overwhelmingly so good, I believe they could beat any team. Right. And we actually saw the formation of their team on screen. Yeah. When they were when when Rollins was like, we both have prop beef with with uh, Gallows and Anderson. Wouldn't the best revenge against them be to take their titles? How about it? If I can get this match booked, you want to wrestle with me and beat them up? Yes. That's a tag team we saw created. It's very different than, hey, these two guys whose only interaction you've ever seen is when they feuded against each other so hard it made Ziggler leave the company. Yeah. Like, that's it. And now they're a tag team, and now, like... Okay. All, all it so, took was one segment backstage where oh, yeah. where Shane McMahon is calling calling Dolph Ziggler on the phone saying, yeah. oh, I've got my shot, do I? i got to find a partner? Okay, I'll find a partner. Right. It's, it's and even then, it could have been like a, a mystery even. It could have been a uh, Dolph Ziggler's got his shot, but who will his partner be? Anything to add some intrigue to this. Anything to add a little bit to it, to make a little bit of sense. They didn't even reference their history when when explaining why it is that they because it's destiny Sean don't you understand it's destiny these two are the best there is to offer in all of WWE says Dolph Ziggler yeah, well, about my niece's himself. name is destiny and she didn't have a goddamn clue what was going on either okay, th- this, this was this... stupid I, I i this was this is so such a terrible way to treat your tag division we've heard many times over the years different people who have various degrees of in the know that Vince just hates tag team wrestling. Just doesn't doesn't think it's good, doesn't like it, whatever. Tag teams, a, a tag team, a cohesive tag team of guys who know how to work together will always lose to two single stars paired up for one night. Always. It always happens. So why not pair up two 
mid-carders I mean, who used to be kind of stars and have them win a tag team turmoil match. To be Listen, fair, some, those those teams do always eventually lose to somebody, but I mean, right. hey, it's not like Shawn Michaels, no. Bret Hart, Edge, no. all so, these people, John Bradshaw Layfield all had their careers launched by... Right. I mean, Eddie Guerrero, off his hottest run ever, was fresh off of a tag team run with Chavo. The... The best thing about this entire stupid tag team turmoil thing is that you got the potential for a pretty good little feud between the Viking Raiders and Gallows and Anderson. Great, but it's not for the title because you got to protect both guys so neither of them can, can lose. That's the whole thing is that if you're going to do this, you're going to have these seven seven teams in there. You, here's what you do. You have the Viking Raiders come out first. They destroy the B team. They destroy Hawkins and 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 Ryder. They destroy the Lucha House Party. Boom, boom, boom. Who's stepping up to face us? Then you have Gallows and Anderson come in, and then it's like, then you can do the same crap that you want to do, or that where you protect both guys and you move them off. But like, you can do stuff where you move it. The revival don't even need to be in this. Like, here's the other thing. No need. There's no need. Somebody, somebody said to me, "What? Like, it's not like the the Raw tag team titles have been really terrible for years. Like, the there hasn't been a single reign of over eighty days. This is what the guy told me. I don't know if this is true. I, I'm assuming the Twitterer is telling me the truth. I got to pull it up right now. I'll tell you. Over eighty days since 2016, when the New Day had it. Yes, correct. So, and I was like, okay, great. So here's what you do: you strap up the Viking Raiders, have them run through everybody, and let the Usos chase them." I would watch every single match in that feud. Like, that would be so cool. But instead, you decide, hey, here's this failed mid-carder and another failed mid-carder. Let's put them together. Although, to be honest, Sean, I don't know how fast Dolph Ziggler can grow facial hair. But if he and, and, and Rude show up at Class of Champions in matching Magnum P.I. mustaches, I'll forgive all this bullshit. I'll forgive it all. They can come out as the mustache man. I think Ziggler would do it too. I yep. think Ziggler would do it. Absolutely. But this is this is all very stupid. It's a really bad way. The problem with all of this, of course, is that it seems inevitable that there's no way Strowman and Rollins can coexist during this pay-per-view in the tag match, so they have a reason to fight each other later at the, in the Universal title match. So they're going to lose the tag titles to whoever they face. And who's that going to be? Rude and Ziggler. Rude and Dolph. Team Who need Rudolph. it so much, right? Man. Who, their average Jesus. age, I believe, is... Uh, how old is Bobby Rude? I don't know, 75? Like, like, oh, like, who, who, like it, he might as well be. This is the thing, is that there, they could've, you could have done something to, to elevate anybody to that point. I mean, I'm, a, I'm assuming... Their average age to, is roughly 40, 41, that team. I have to assume that Rude and Ziggler are some kind of transitional champs to a babyface team of some kind. You, ha- you have to think that, because if, because if that's not the case, then, then just, just put all tag teams on NXT and let, the, let, let NXT be the tag team show. You know, like, like, this is ridiculous. This is why I don't want the Street Profits being brought up. This is why I don't really never need to see Undisputed Era brought up. Because all you need to do is look at the revival and how amazing they were in NXT and show them come up here and have a few good matches here and there, but then they can't beat Dolph and Robert. Yikes. Authors of Pain have not 
team together on TV since December. What an entire waste of what... I mean, to say nothing of what they did to Sanity, who looked so good in NXT. But Alpha's the pain. You could really market those guys if you gave them the right, the right mouthpiece. By the way, Drake Maverick was not the right mouthpiece. If you gave them the right mouthpiece, you could really market those guys as absolute Stokely, monsters. Stokely Hathaway was the right mouthpiece. Stokely Hathaway was the right mouthpiece. Yeah, because would have been. I, I'll be honest with you guys. He's so good that he could outshine them, But and I'm not saying that Drake Maverick isn't good enough not to. Drake Maverick is very clearly his own performer in the ring. Drake Maverick needed to be a part of something else. I think that he was fine in the role, but he needed something else. He wasn't as good of a fit as what Stokely Hathaway could have been. Drake Maverick um, was is, is fantastic, and I really, really enjoy all the stuff he does, both as his, in his strictly comedic role in the 24-7 stuff, and also I think he's really effective as a no-nonsense general manager when he gets to be that on, on 205 Live. He's just he was just mismatched. It didn't it didn't work. He there was no it didn't make any sense for him to be ma- managing that team. Yeah. They never brought that up in any way. You can find a guy who feels like okay, I've scouted these two dudes. They're my ticket to the top. I'm gonna make so much money off of these guys. Like none of that ever never was brought out by with Drake Maverick. It never made any sense. I agree. Um, and AOP, even though one of them was hurt for a while. This is a true indication on WWE's part of why we go off on so many things that they do when they do it badly. Instead of having a creative way to protect them, their idea to protect them is not have them on TV. Because if we do, we'll surely screw it up. Yep. Or else they'd be on TV. There ain't no reason they shouldn't be Samoa Joe's second and thirds. You oh. want to talk about another, like I talk about the trios and stuff, yeah. and how the Revival and Orton are there, and the Roman Reigns and the Usos are there. You mean to tell me Roman Reigns and the Usos versus Joe? And those two, <laughs> here's the thing, we haven't been able to use this term in a while, sirloin beef <laughs> sons of bitches? Yeah. We miss you, AOP. We miss you, Sheamus. We miss yeah. the sirloin beef sons of bitches division. Yeah. Oh, Josh Steelman says, what do you think about the idea of using Roman's attacker angle to build towards a Roman Reigns versus Bryan Survivor Series match? I mean, obviously, it, it's set to build up to some kind of match. It built, yeah. built up to Murphy. Even if they're not the ones doing it, you get a little bit of, of content out of it, Alex. And I think they're doing well with that. Yeah. No, I mean, this is a the thing. They're going to draw this out probably six weeks longer than they need to in order to figure out, like, here's the thing. Here's, here's the thing. Spoiler alert. The dude under the hood, the guy who looks like old Rowan, that guy actually isn't the, the attempted murderer. <laughs> Spoiler alert. So tomorrow we'll find out who else it isn't, and then they'll do that for another two months, and then we'll figure find out, oh, no, it was Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan all along. No, I want, I want it to be Buddy Murphy. I want I, it, it needs to be I, Buddy Murphy. I want it to be. I don't think they're going to give us yeah. the creative satisfaction of that because, you know, it's them. So we'll see. But it, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to see where it goes. There, there but, have been so many slam dunk angles that they just haven't. Like, oh, I mean, yeah. Austin getting run over, the invasion. Alex, a few years ago, when they were spinning their wheels and they were 
They were trying, there are still some people that believe that the Daniel Bryan thing was some well-crafted thing and they didn't try to not put him over at every opportunity. Even though in his very transparent book, Daniel Bryan was like, ah, no. They could have easily revealed like that corporate Kane had been like helping him all along and like like doing that. Like there are things that, that require a little bit of critical thinking that they could employ and add and really help get more than one person over that they just don't do because they get so goddamn tunnel visioned about things. Thank you, Matt Thomas, who sent a super chat and said, paying for this rant, I appreciate you. Donate a super (laughs) chat any amount. It gets you your question or statement read on the air, but leave a thumbs up right now. Do it, okay? There's so many interesting things they they could do with this thing. The fact that they've eliminated Samoa Joe as a possible culprit because he happened to be there when the, when the car was running into him. What if it's one of Joe's co-conspirators, i.e. Occam or Razar, who's driving the car into him, and we can go back to this whole thing, and then, now, oh no, it's Roman, one on three versus Samoa Joe and AOP, whoever is going to come into his aid, oh, it's the Usos. The Usos, who haven't been like, on TV in a month. Like, here's the thing. Right there, we just pitched an ending to this thing that would be creatively satisfying, it would make sense logically, and lead to an amazing feud between two trios. And it wouldn't, need, it wouldn't need to have a title involved at all, and it could still be at the top of the card. Like, are they going to do anything close to that? Probably not. I, us- I, would, I, I think they might actually have Roman fight old Rowan before they have anything close to something like that. Danny Brown says, it's not a rumor. If you have eyes, the television will see. It'll show you that Vince hates tag team wrestling. Yeah. And Paul Heyman is the guy for AOP. See, I don't buy that. I don't buy that Paul Heyman is that guy because a lot of people said that he was the guy for Cesaro. He wasn't. He wasn't the guy for Curtis Axel. He wasn't the guy for Ryback. He is the guy for CM Punk, and he has been the guy for Brock Lesnar. He is the guy for very certain people, not just anybody. I He can't, he can't be the guy for everybody. Yeah. Like that doesn't make sense. The, the people are people are, are they work together in certain ways, but yeah, he's been the guy for for Brock Lesnar certainly. Cedric Alexander defeated Cesaro. I like this. You have a couple King of the Ring participants. One with the winner, one with the loser. Cedric got caught with a huge uppercut. The crowd got dead because why should they care about this match? It doesn't. This is all. This is is to be like, oh well, Baron Corbin's watching and scouting his opponent, Cedric Alexander. And listen, Cedric Alexander... Uh, they're going to have an awesome match. They're going to have an awesome match. Cedric Alexander is made to look really good in this match to be believable as an opponent versus uh, Baron Corbin. But as, I, as I've as i said, if you, you, if you do the hypothesis that I have with Baron Corbin winning the whole thing, you know he's not going to face any heels along the way. That's just not how they would book Baron Corbin. So it's going to be all baby faces. And his, 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 all of his... Uh, his bracket reads out to be all high-flying baby faces that he's going to face from here on out. Cedric Alexander, then probably Ricochet, and then probably, depending on what they're doing here, uh, if Shane O'Mac doesn't insert himself in the SmackDown bracket, um, either Buddy Murphy or Ali, and we'll see who probably winds up out of that tomorrow. Like, that's just the way it's going to be. Because why would why would Vince want all those little guys, high flyers, to go up against Baron Corbin? To make Baron Corbin look even bigger and even stronger. Like, it's just the way he normally books things. 
Well, this match was very good. It went through the break. The crowd didn't care. Cedric was selling the leg when he did the Michinoku driver, which I loved. Uh, there was a good superplex from Cesaro. Uh, the Michinoku, though, was just a really good touch, just hopping off one leg as he sold. Alexander doesn't want the Spanish fly, but he did with a lumbar check. I love that he's doing that to big dudes, too. Yeah. There's so many people. I do that uh, cheap plug, making a finisher series, and the common theme, Alex, is, oh, well, I want something that I can do to everybody. There are a lot of people these days that are like, nah, that's okay. AJ Styles is like, no, I'll still do the Styles Clash. Baron Corbin will still do the end of days. Uh, Cedric's still doing the lumbar check. I like that. Do some things that other people aren't doing. It won't work for everybody. Drake Maverick ain't doing the lumbar check against anybody. But for Cedric, it works. Until he finds somebody that he can't do it to, it works. Uh, By the way, check out my newest edition of Making a Finisher. Go to Fightful.com. Click the Exclusives tab under Wrestling. It is Darren Young and him telling us how he actually got his finisher taken away. What WWE suggested that he used. Why he cried about it. And... His very comical reaction for when The Miz broke the news that Asuka was actually using his finisher. Uh, That is a good one. Uh, YouTube.com slash Fightful. Uh, The video is up. But go to FightfulWrestling.com. Click the exclusive tab. It's up there. Also in the exclusives tab, Alex, my interview with Braun Strowman. He talks about why he loves Crocs. WWE had one month left on his deal before he re-signed. That's that's dangerous. Yes. Like seriously, that guy in any other in any other company gets shoved directly to the top. Could I mean, you have imagined him? My God, in I mean, New Japan or AEW? Just, just, just speaking of Braun in New Japan. I mean, like here's the thing: everyone's like, "Oh, Braun can't work. He's just dumb giant guy. He can't listen." Like, okay, fine. But all those guys in New Japan would make him look like yeah. he could throw people into the 17th row. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, whatever. I will say one thing about the Cesaro Cedric uh, match I loved. I did love uh, the Cesaro never stopped coming. Like, he was all, and, and that was what led to his. Um, that's not a Bluetooth segue. <laughs> um, that he, 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 he wouldn't stay down, and he always um, kept advancing. <laughs> he kept um, getting up. He kept getting up, uh, kept kept advancing, uh, uh, kept thrusting. He was hard uh, to finish. Yeah, it was. Um, but <laughs> but that I love that. That's what led to his ultimate downfall. Is that is that uh, Cedric used his own momentum to get him up for the lumbar check when yeah. Cedric might not have had that extra oomph instead. Danny Brown says Paul Heyman can replace Blue Chew. I don't know what that means, my friend. <laughs> but thank you for the super chat. Uh, Main event, Braun Strowman, who I did interview. Reminder, go watch that video, share it, thumbs up, check out the article, share that. But also join our new uh, Facebook discussion group. We just launched it last week. It is facebook.com slash groups slash Fightful. Just search for it on uh, Facebook if you want. Uh, It's Fightful Pro Wrestling. It is a group on there. Join it. We will... um, allow you access almost immediately. We're really looking to grow that. And hey, invite your friends. It would mean a lot. But Braun Strowman defeated, uh, or uh, AJ Styles defeated Braun Strowman via DQ in the United States title match. Uh, We see that Strowman has his challenge accepted by Rollins. Now, I missed where this said last week. 
So I'm sitting there thinking, well, why did WWE sit on this for a week? There, the rap is breaking what segments happen on Raw, mm-hmm. but they can't break what happened last week after Raw? Okay. Well, OC and Seth are banned from ringside. Strowman mows down Styles. You really get to see how good of a worker Styles is in these matches. Yeah. Yeah. Hesitation, Lion Salt. There's a calf crusher that Strowman sells well. He eats the post, and there's a ref bump. Strowman has it one, of course, but the ref bump happens. AJ takes the chair, attacks him. OC attacks, and when Strowman gets the chair, the ref sees it and DQs him. I hate that. There's no consistency there because usually the ref waits until he sees contact, but a clever finish to keep Strowman away from the title. What did you think? He beat the hell out of the OC after the match. Yeah. I, I want to see a real honest-to-God Strowman-AJ match in the future. I, I do, too. Um, I I thought we were going to get one. <sighs> I know you got to protect both of them. I thought that would be a really interesting way of, of, um, of having... I mean, it would be kind of cool to see to see at the very beginning, the first match of, of the night on Clash of Champions, of Braun walk into the ring, you know, with, with two titles, you know, and then if he loses the U.S. title back to AJ Styles... Because of shenanigans, then be kind of cool to see that like each guy walks in, like him and Rollins each have their own title and their own separate title match. Like they have to fight each other, then they have to fight. Um, what Braun has to fight a third match, and then together. I thought that might have been interesting, but instead, we get the thing with the t- with the chair and then the the ref bump. As soon as the ref bump happened, I was like, oh crap, screwy finish. And one of the things that that uh, that happened, I don't remember. Do you remember exactly when when this was? It was a specific match. I think it was on a Raw, where the ref got knocked out and he got knocked to the outside and he was about to call a DQ, but a second ref ran down the ramp and said, "No, no, 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 no! While you were while you were knocked out, this other thing happened. Please don't don't call a DQ. I saw it, and I'm telling you not to call the DQ." And the the first ref was like. Oh, okay. Restart well, the match. The Julian uh, and Hannah both sent super chats saying, "Ref said I heard the chair hit him." So at least there's that. I'll, I'll give but, him that. At least there's that. But once you've once you've introduced other ref coming down to tell the first ref restart the match, you kind of have to do that every time after that. And now every time they do this finish, I'm always like, "Well, that's." bullshit you've you've shown on your own program that that the ref's decision is not always final you know so eh. Devin says I sent the super chat thank you very much is Braun failing to win the US title twice losing the raw tag title belts and failing to win the universal dims his star doesn't it I I don't know we'll have to see how it ends up I mean I I think that sometimes that can cause a groundswell of support You, you just don't know how it will play out until it plays out in theory, yeah, I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does. But um, Braun Strowman star did not dim in our interview. Check it out. Share. All that stuff. Me and Alex are back here tomorrow night. Uh, we're still working on what we're going to do on Wednesdays. But hey, we got a month to figure it out. I keep going back and forth on, on like what I want to do there. But hey, in the meantime, subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Lots of goodies over there. Uh, it's the most direct way to support us. And you'll get Jimmy off my ass. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, the Backstage Report podcast, the Q&A show, the Weekender, 
Uh, Warren Hayes' show is up this week. We have a new retro review coming up probably by the end of the week, maybe next week. So make sure you all show that some support. Leave us a thumbs up here. Thank you guys so much. Until next time, join us Tuesday, MMA Podcast, 2 p.m. Eastern, SmackDown Podcast at night. We're out. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.